You are listening to the Self Made Bay podcast with your co-hosts Danny Fountain and Lola Gilbert, who dive deep into the psychology and strategy of starting a business. Here is the place where we get real with you, talk about the gritty parts of business that make us cry, and cut out the bullshit. We're ready to talk about how the hell we handle the day-to-day when life gets hard. Take our hands, join in conversation, and get real support as you build your empire. Because you're a self-made babe. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feeds or iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram at selfmadebabepodcast. All links are in the show notes. Now, let's get into the show. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Self-Made Babe. We're so excited to be here today with Jamie Marquez Bratcher, the mastermind behind Caffeinated Possibilities. And Caffeinated Possibilities is totally focused on solution selling and systemizing and automating business. Uh, Basically, everything you could ever dream of when it comes to running your business as effortlessly as possible. Jamie, we're so excited to have you on today. Thank you for having me. I've got my cup of coffee here and everything. <laughs> Love it. Always right on brand. <laughs> gotcha. Jamie, I'm so, so excited to talk to you because when we got your application in, I know your number one problem was talking about all the things that you're excited about doing, but then it becomes a whole lot of excited things to do and not sure where to focus your attention. So that's totally the same problem that I have. So I have a million things to say. Um, Talk a little bit about what your struggle is right now with that situation and everything you've got going on. Sure. So right now I have active clients that I'm doing things for. Um, And I'm also trying to do the whole uh, social media slash blogging slash all the things that you know you're supposed to do. Um, And so I'm trying, for me, I'm trying to do two things. I'm trying to systematize my business um, and make adjustments to that as I go. Um, I think I'm using like two marketing tools right now. And then, um, but I'm also trying to get, um, get ahead with the content that I need to release out beyond just helping other people. And I'm struggling to find that balance. Yeah, and I think for so many of us who are content-based as well, or service-based, I guess is the more technical term for it, um, we focus so much on our clients because we want them to have such a great experience. You're back. Have to pause. Hold on. Caleb just got home. The dog started barking. We'll have to edit this section out. Okay. What was I saying? Thank you. I'm not doing anything. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I'm glad I'm not the only one that that happens to. Oh my God. I knew it was going to happen. I texted him and I was like, I have to record a podcast, but I know the dogs are going to bark when you get home. And of course it would happen right now. My husband works out of the house too. And so it's like a train wreck here all the time. What? No, I just texted you. Anyways, um, so what was I saying? Uh, I got it, I got it, I got it. Okay. Okay. This is the first time this has ever happened that we've had to like come back and regroup. 
Um, okay, so yeah, I think as service-based industries, um, we oftentimes focus so much of our energy on our clients because we want them to have this perfect experience. We want to show off the content that we have and the skill set that we have that we often forget to implement it into our own business, um, which makes things a little messy. I um, always like to think of it as like the hairdresser that always has the hot mess express hair. Um, and like, she's never taking care of herself, but everyone that she works with looks great. Like that's classic. Right. <laughs> but I mean, it's a great thing that we focus so much of our attention on our clients, right? I mean, they're paying their oh, yeah. bills and, and that's great. But then oftentimes we are struggling behind the scenes. So one of the things that I have trouble keeping up with, and I'm wondering if this is maybe something that you're experiencing as well. Um, when we're talking about shiny new things that we want to be part of, oftentimes we're seeing people in the same industry of, uh, as us experimenting with these new things, these new plan types or these new platforms or whatever it is. And so we're like, they're having so much success with that. We want to jump on that bandwagon too. Um, and I think we have to step back and realize what fits into our business model and what fits into our clients, what our clients needs are. Um, is that something that you find yourself doing too, that you're seeing people you look up to trying new things and you want to do that. And then all of a sudden you're overwhelmed with all the things. There's that. I do struggle with that. Um, I, because it's like, you want a podcast, you want to do, you know, you want to, like we were just talking about, like you want a podcast, you want to be able to um, be up on Instagram stories. You want to be able to do that stuff every day. Um, but then there's real life and, you know, getting, getting to all of that stuff, which is a completely different thing. And then the other thing that I'll add on to that, that you probably struggle with as well, is you almost feel like you need to be on the bleeding edge of everything. Um, and be ahead of what your clients may be looking at. Like I'm trying out drip right now. Um, a buddy of my husband's started working there. And so he's like, Hey, will you try out this platform? So I have my newsletter service that I moved over to drip, you know, and I'm just recently adopted Dubstado, um, to start using that and implementing it. And it's had some quirky things happen this week. Um, so it's kind of impacting my business a little bit. And so there's things like that that's that you're constantly trying to stay ahead of because you want to be the expert on it and you want to be in there playing in the sandbox, but then it can be so distracting from putting out content as well. Yeah. And where do you find that balance of, am I losing quality because I'm trying out these new platforms and these new things, or am I losing that cutting edge because I'm not? Exactly. There's a weird place to be in between that. Danny, what do you think? So I am with you. Um, trying to find the balance between, you know, delivering the best product I service that I possibly can, but also wanting to constantly up level what I'm offering. Um, and I'm sure you are experiencing this as you're growing. There's a lot of fear of kind of pushback on the clients that you're currently working with as your services develop, your next wave of clients get a better service or get a better product. Um, and I think, honestly, we just have to find, you know, find grace. Um, and I just remind myself, and this is totally applicable for you as well, that um, we have to be doing both. Our clients are doing both. They may be our client, um, but they are providing a service or a product to someone else as well. Um, and kind of just let go of the uncertainty around that, if that makes sense. 
That absolutely makes sense. And there's times, you know, the tough call with what I know with what I do is because we're not only, you know, there's systems in place that work, they're tight and true, they're solid, but then there's products and services that come out that are interesting and you want to play with them. And so I, I feel like for me, I'm always dancing that fine line of like, is it time to recommend that product? Is it at the place where that makes sense for you in what you're doing inside of your business? And sometimes the answer is no for this person and yes for that person. And then when it comes back to my business, I'm like, you know, I'm actually not ready to move over to that platform either. And, um, you know, I can make the recommendation that that person's business is, but I'm still holding back for these two or three things. So uh, constantly staying on top and ahead of that is, you know, always challenging. So in fact, I've really made an effort to not, as I'm producing blog content and content in general, I'm trying to stay away from writing about specific technologies or doing tutorials because I know the trap of having to keep up with updating all of those as well. So for me, I'm trying to balance out writing content that is tried and true, like talking about strategy, talking about processes that I know work and less about the technology on the back end. So that's one of my techniques to stay ahead of that. Yeah, and I know you also, in addition to your just client services that you offer, you also have multiple communities, you're also speaking and engaging in different events. How, can you talk a little bit about that stressor on each of those individual parts and how that overwhelm turns into possible motivation as well? Sure. So I, I like managing communities of women, which is, it's newer to me, to be perfectly honest. I've always worked in male dominated industries. I've always worked with men and men are just different, but women have different needs and we need each other. And there's this beautiful sense of community that goes along like the girl power thing really does kick in. And I hate to sound like a spice girl when I say that, but um, there's, there's a sense of community where women really need each other. And so, um, for me, my attitude has always been, um, I'm going to keep doing these things as long as I get one person that comes up to me and says, I really need to hear X inside of what you spoke on, um, vulnerably in some of my communities the past year and I'm now starting to see a lot of those rewards come back um, just in the past three weeks I had one gal come to me um, I was held an event and I invited her on stage to talk and she shared how no one had seen her in eight years like in her communities and so because we had taken the time one-on-one -on -one, I she saw she felt like she was seen for the first time and then another gal talked about some big you know achievements that she had hit um, because we had spent some time together. So I'm slowly starting to see the impact. Like this woman was almost homeless. Like, and I don't mean to be extreme with this, but um, I posted this on my Facebook page today. She did a testimony like at church and she was like, I was, she was almost homeless and uh, she did Financial Peace University, which was a volunteer thing that I was doing with Dave Ramsey. And like she does, she did, she paid off her car, like $12,000 of her car and like saved her her and her daughter after her boyfriend left like from being homeless and I'm like that I she did all of the work like I didn't do anything but tell her like you need to save a thousand dollars and follow this system this is a process that's worked for me when I was going through a divorce and she adopted that and she was the warrior in it but she was like this was this made an impact on me because you encouraged encouraged me and made yourself available so I'm 
vulnerability is a good thing for us in women in community because it makes us feel less alone and makes us feel like yeah. things are possible. And I just, um, so I, I'm the owner of the Babe Town Collective. The mm-hmm. listeners know that. And it's um, strictly a photography community for women, which are few and far between. Um, and I struggle also with the place of keeping it safe for women and not being anti-men. Um, right. And I think, but there is such a special place um, where you can solely feel like it's a female environment and people come out of their shells and they're sharing hardships that they have and they are growing in such leaps and bounds and tying that back into the the plethora of things that we're taking on, it gives that so much meaning. Um, So even though it can sometimes be overwhelming to manage those communities on top of everything else that we have, it gives back so much more than maybe your profit from your clients do. You know what I mean? Like it's amazing to be able to pay our bills and go on vacations and do these awesome things. But that piece of your heart that you get back from investing those intimate details of yourself in for me personally is so much. Well, and I'm sure you found like one of the communities that I run is the planet, a planner community here in Arizona. And the thing that I tell women over and over again, like if you think that this community is about planners and I'm sure if you think this community is about photography or just running a business, you're like missing the whole point of this. Exactly. Like this is about connecting, finding threads, finding the commonalities that you have, and then being able to grow not only yourself, but help other people grow. And there's always people ahead of you and behind you that are coming up in this. And so you have to recognize that, you know, it works both ways. You have to give back and you have to take, um, you know, from both sides. Yeah. And I have one more question for you and then I'll throw it over um so I know you mentioned that you had that you got divorced and that has motivated a lot of things that you have taught yourself or have put into practice in your business um how much does that motivate or how much does that tie into the speaking engagements that you're doing or your community do you tend to pull a lot of your personal life into your speaking or do you keep it more strictly business because I think a lot of people do it differently I think it it depends on the audience um And, uh, it depends on the audience. So my story is insane. I was like a teen mom and like was single and got divorced and I'm actually reconciled with my ex-husband and we run a business together and like our life is insane. And so, um, there's a lot of grace. There's a lot of forgiveness. There's a lot of compromise and there's a lot of understanding that goes into our story. And I think that as women, we're taught to be so tough and we have to be hard and there's no flexibility and that you can't build a life that you love and that you can be really excited about without having, um, without, without being like, you have to be rigid to make that happen. And I found, and I believed that I lived that, like I owned that I was that woman. And so I've had to learn just over the years, like actually fun fact, you have to be really forgiving and you have to be flexible because the commonality in all your relationships, business or personal, uh, still have you as an element in them. (laughs) And if you can't figure out the way to work with other people on multiple levels, you're going to really struggle for success because again, it all goes back to community and you need people to make this happen, you know? So I absolutely agree. Yeah. It depends on the audience, but I probably, I try to balance the sharing and make it appropriate. And I spent a lot of years in corporate, so I feel like I gauge that pretty well. And there are times that I overshare, but then again, there's always one person 
person, like it's usually something tugging at my heart. That's like, you should share that. Like this yeah. is appropriate. And then there's always one person that comes up and was like, listen, I've been through that or I'm in that and I needed that. So that's awesome. I love that. What do you got, Danny? All right. This is so good because um, you talk about struggling to focus on your business, but also focusing on client work. And I really want to dive into that with you. Um, on a week to week basis, you know, what does your usual work schedule look like? Are you, um, you're, you've blocked off time for client work and then uh, your work fits in the gaps? Like, what does that schedule look like? Um, so I still have recipes in um, our other business, um, but they're limited. And so um, I have to use time blocking techniques to make that happen. Um, so my, uh, on average, I, I actually work in my personal business about five hours um, a day. Uh, and then I spend three to four hours in my husband's business. And then I spend one to two hours in our planner community. And I know that sounds insane. Like, I know that sounds insane, but also a lot of that time overlaps. So um, I have to take the approach of, I have to, I literally have to say no to a lot of things. So I have to write down what I'm going to do. And then inside of those times that I dedicate to those things, I have to be efficient. So, you know, for example, in my husband's business, there may be two hours, I block off two hours of time, but there may only be 30 minutes to an hour of work that needs to get done. And inside of my business, if I'm going to sit down, I may sit to write, you know, a blog article and it may take me four hours. Um, but I know I've set aside that time, but then if I've got to go over and do some client work, I know, you know, X amount of online calls take this amount of client, you know, this amount of offline work to do. Um, we work a lot more than maybe what we should, but our kids are a little bit older. My daughter's 10 and the other one is 19. So I don't have babies, you know, I'm beyond the mom boss, like kind of thing. Um, for little toddlers and things like that. Um, so we, I try to be as efficient as possible in the time that I dedicate and just turn on Facebook and get really focused. And, um, it's a lot, it is overwhelming. And, um, I, I don't know how I get to it all when, when I sit back and think about it. So. So I can totally appreciate all of that. I mean, (laughs) just being uh, honest. (laughs) No, seriously. Um, so I'm a single woman and a digital nomad. So my work is my life. My life is my work. Mm-hmm. Um, so right there with you on that, the biggest piece that I'm seeing that I would love to recommend, um, a tweak for you on is within your own time allotted for your own business, splitting that time, uh, mm-hmm. between client work and non-client work. Um, Like, for example, my office hours in my current business are 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I only take calls with clients from 10 a.m. to noon. Okay. Um, And then from noon to 4 is, like, get work done, da-da-da. And that may not be realistic because, in my case, that's only six hours a week talking to clients. Um. So it's, I would love to see splitting up the time between the client work and your own business work um, because the client work is how you get paid and the client work is how you help other folks, but working uh, on your business instead of in it is how you Right. Um, and so it, it's an interesting conversation because we don't talk about this a lot in the entrepreneurial community, um, but it should really be a 50-50 split between in and on. That's fair because that's, I mean, that's something that we, it's, it's, I mean, again, like it's a concept that I teach people is to take a full day 
of just mm -hmm. administrative and personal work, but then I don't do the same thing for myself. We just go, go, go. Mm -hmm. And it's so important to make sure that that time is there um, because you'll still like your client work is never going to suffer because you've blocked off that time and you're dedicated to those people. Um, what's going to happen is you'll plateau and you'll plateau quickly and you'll plateau hard. That was exactly why I wanted to come on here because that's my concern right now mm -hmm. is I don't want to hit that point. I want to make sure that I get a balance on this and get it under control. So, yeah. And it's, it's scary to say, because uh, I've even felt it in my own business. It's scary to say you, my clients get this time and I get this time and this time is not for you. It's, it's scary to say that because we, as service-based entrepreneurs, also tend to have very service-minded hearts. Right. Uh, and so we find ourselves uh, like seeking opportunities to serve our clients above and beyond, deliver that top quality product, surprise and delight. Um, but you have to set aside that space to do that. Um, and it, it doesn't need to be a case of delegating to a team or anything like that. It's just a case of splitting your time in half between the two in and on entities. Right. Okay. And then, so I'd also love to dive into, um, you talk about finding these bright, shiny new things and putting that in. And now you have a bunch of systems that you yourself need to streamline within caffeinated possibilities. Um, have you niched down to what type of streamlining services that you provide or are you just a, a business streamlining entity? I'm trying to get focused on um, the sale on specifically on selling and the sales process. Um, I, because of my background, I have access to a lot of professionals um, that are running solo businesses. So like real estate agents, financial advisors, um, people like that that are licensed professionals and they have a limitation on how they can market and sell. And so we're crafting those messages and creating systems for them. But then I also have this other base of creative communities that are like photographers and wedding planners and things like that. And those people have um, a similar set of rules, but they don't necessarily have the sales skills. So um, while I can do all the things, I'm trying to get really niched down in doing that and make sure that my um, messaging on my website and then the blogging content and all the content that I'm putting out is really focused on not only having better conversations from a sales perspective, but also the systems that you need to put in place to manage that. Um, and so I'm trying to niche that down because I do both really well and then I don't have to necessarily dip my toe heavily in the social media aspect of things because I prefer to stay away from that and I don't really want to do web design. I don't want to do branding. Like I really just want to get streamlined on like, hey, here's how you have a really good conversation because it's a very specific skill set. And then here's how you manage that discussion afterwards to turn that into closed business. And I'm still trying to come up with like that clever entrepreneur like title, like, you know, the closing business strategist or something like that. I haven't quite nailed that down, but I'm getting there. So you can just be the closer. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> All the TV references, please. Can I be married to Kevin Bacon? <laughs> <laughs> done. Um, and I think that I'm so glad to hear that you're focused on doing that because I think that's so important. That was going to be my comment. Um, if you have shiny object syndrome, your clients will and potential clients will be confused. Um, 
and it it's scary to like get that specific because you're like well I can do these other things and people can give me money to do these other things and I would be happy accepting that money um, but the more niche down you get the more you make a name for yourself and the easier your marketing becomes absolutely uh, which then lifts a bit of the weight off of the on your business uh, side of your work where you can start to work on that growth to avoid that plateau. So right. you are totally on the right track there. And the thing that I had to step back and realize, like I had a whiteboarding session by myself in my garage. We have these two giant whiteboards. Um, and I did a whiteboarding session by myself and I kept like, I kept drawing this like hub and spoke, like the spoke where like I'm at the center, like, and if I'm at the center, there's all these services that surround what an entrepreneur needs to do. But at the center, like I'm just a salesperson. I mean, at the core and I need to do the better job being the finding my different spokes that make the wheel of someone's business run. And so I just need to be the center. And that is you need to be able to have good sales conversations and ask good questions and be conversational. And, and that is a skill within itself that I think that a lot of, especially my photography clients, they like gloss over and, and uh, my wedding coordinators too, even financial advisors and real estate, like all of them like skip this thing and don't think they have to have a really good conversation and dig into the relationship in order to move people down their sales pipeline and close them. But it's like, yeah, people want to like you before they give you their money because they can do business with a lot of different people. So, I mean, I've been doing this for almost, it was when I did my giant whiteboarding session and I sat back and I was like, I listed out the number of years that I've been doing this. And I was like, holy, I've almost been doing this for 20 years. Like, why would I not talk about sales? And then I've had training the entire time, like professional training, expensive people that the companies I work for have hired to teach me. Like, why would I waste that and not share what I know, what I've done and what I've won awards for and all of that good stuff. And I was totally glossing over it. So, and that's exactly like, that's exactly what you should be leveraging. Like, I want to hear about all of that corporate experience because if you can sell vacuum, if you work at Bissell and you can sell vacuums to big, like, corporate accounts, like key accounts, then you can sell a service package to a solopreneur. Well, and the stories are so good inside of selling. Like, people don't understand, like, walking into a meeting 45 minutes late, asking for $100,000 and walking out with it. like. You know, like because the relationship was there and people knew that I was a single parent mom that was going through divorce because I built those relationships over a year and a half. Like that's what you need to be able to do to really win at this long term. And um, that's relational. That's not, I mean, that's a deal that you lose if you show up 45 minutes late and ask for $100,000 and we are closing stuff. You know, I've been closing stuff like that. And it's, those war stories are really um, fun over time and I enjoy sharing them as well. So that's, I mean, that's your marketing girl done. <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> I have to be reminded because it doesn't matter how long you've been doing something you forget and you take what that is for granted. I'm in Jessica Rad, uh, uh, Rastel's, um, mentorship and speaking program right now. And she's like, you keep downplaying this like sales background that you have, like why, why are we trying to move away from that? I'm struggling, you know, so 
um, having some mentorship there has really been helpful too. Mm-hmm. No, I, I love it. You're on the right path. It just sounds like you've got a few nuts and bolts that you need to tighten up and you're, you're primed for <laughs> that ideal trajectory. Well, that's a relief to hear. Just we have to be reminded sometimes. <laughs> you totally, I totally have to be reminded all the time. And I think just from like an emotional standpoint, knowing exactly what you're offering gives you so much more confidence in that. And it also pulls you back from the things that are catching your attention over here because that doesn't fit into what your purpose is. You know, it doesn't fit into sales. Maybe it's something that has to do with financials or whatever. And even though you have some clarity in that it's not what your service is right so that gives you that confidence and that like moment to breathe where you don't have to grasp at everything because that's not your deal exactly yeah and I mean the I I had to go through a process of um and I, my my husband actually asked me to go through this process where he was like you need to go through the process of understanding what you're good at and he's like I know what you're good at but you probably need to survey some people and ask them what they know you're good at and when I went through that process, I was like, everyone's like, well, you're the salesperson, like you're a salesperson. And, and I was like, inside my soul cringes being like, you're a salesperson because it sounds so slimy, but then I realized it is a craft and it is a skill. And, um, there's a lot of good things that have come out of that in my life. And so, um, it is what you make of it, I guess. And I bet the people that are saying that would not also say you're a slimy salesperson. So that's, that's you putting that negative right. to associate with that. And that's such another awesome thing that so many other, well, it's not a good thing, but it's an, a great thing that you can talk about to other entrepreneurs because you yourself have struggled with that feeling of yeah. feeling in sales. Um, and that's kind of like a catchphrase that's going around right now. So I would suggest maybe not wording it like that, but <laughs> no, I think there's a lot of people that hear the word sales and hear the word, like my, it's my job to sell. And it just makes them cringe because they think it's slimy and it's dirty. But the bottom line is, is that if you're, if you are in business, you're asking people for money, whether you're doing that via a sales letter, whether you're doing that through a VSL, a webinar, anything like that. Like we all know how this stuff goes because we're in it. And so you have to do those things. You have to ask for those things, but making sure that like for me, my, I like to advocate that you need to have, um, you need to have value that you're delivering. You need your job as a salesperson or a sales professional is to be educating. Like if people don't have a better understanding of the value that you bring to the table and how your products and services solve their problems and you've not done your job. Like at the end of the day, I'm just a teacher, you know, I just get paid a commission when you buy into my ideas. And so, um, that's a very different concept than the way I think a lot of people approach sales where it's like, you have to buy this thing, come back here. Otherwise you can't leave, lock the doors, you know? So, Oh my God. It is. It's too much. And I, and there's so much fear around selling specifically. I mean, I would attach that to the photography community. We're just like, Oh, we made these pretty pictures. Hopefully you'll buy a good package from me. And like, there is an art to selling and making sure your cost of business is being taken care of and et cetera, et cetera. And it's just, we put so much negative attachment onto it when we should be proud of the bills, the business that we're building up and the income that we're growing. And that's something to be proud of and not something to feel bad about. So, well, and understanding the emotional attachment that you have 
um, and putting yourself in that person's shoes and being like, you want to have beautiful pictures of your family to be able to look back at and, and to be able to love and show them that that's timeless for your kids to see that their family is well put together and that, um, you know, look at the happiness that we had on that day or remember the hot mess that that day is and let's be silly. Like, I love it when photographers take candid photos of the family and that people adopt hanging those up instead of just having the picture perfect stuff. We like to take photos like that because they're silly and they're fun and it's so much more our personality. But play, photographers have it really easy if they can get past having that conversation because who doesn't want a gallery and a wall full of photos of their family giggling and laughing in you know, beautiful photography or photos, so. Totally. Danny, you got anything else, girl? No, girl, you are killing it, Jamie. Um, <laughs> I mean, you are on the right track. You know what you need to be doing to get there. It sounds like you just needed to be reminded that you have mad skills. So I am so proud of you. Um, tell the audience where they can find you online because after this, they're going to want to go hang out with you. Oh, geez. Well, you can find me, uh, on my Facebook page at caffeinated possibilities. And it's the same thing on Instagram. Um, I do a lot of Instagram stories with no makeup on. So if you're a big fan of that, like you're going to like my Instagram stories. Um, and then if you wanted to book a coffee chat with me, um, to see if it makes sense for us to work together. Um, I've got a book now button kind of all over the place because that's what you do. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for being on the Self-Made Babe today. I know Lola and I had an awesome time. Super appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, ladies. This yeah. was awesome. And it was cool to have you guys hear that, you know, you guys struggle with a lot of the same things that I'm struggling with because I look at you guys as like such professionals and I'm like, oh, Okay, I'm not alone. <laughs> no, we're all in this together.